Hello, and welcome to OKC Span, the only podcast called OKC Span. Welcome, uh, listeners, welcome to OKC Span Podcast Edition. Um, Today, my co-host is my friend Thomas Ward. Uh, Thomas, you've hopefully met before on a previous issue, issue, previous episode. It's all going to be print. Yeah, no, we're actually, this is, oh, I didn't tell you, this is going to be transcribed. We're actually releasing this as a monthly magazine. Oh, it's going to be good. Not a good one. No, I'm going to I'm going to copy it at Kinko's, staple it together with a long neck. It's going to be more of a zine. It's just a scroll. We're just going to scroll it. Do you know that... uh, Listen, I love drugs. I'm an avid drug user. Um, but one of my favorite drug users, hero of drug use uh, for me is Jack Kerouac. Oh, yeah. Surprising nobody. Um, that I'm, yeah. Oh, really? Marty's a Kerouac guy. You're shitting me. You know. But you love Bukowski. I fucking love yeah. Bukowski. Are you kidding me? Best. Man, that guy makes you want to drink. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. What was I saying? I was talking about... Oh, uh, you, Kerouac. Kerouac, right. So he had the idea that he wanted to write, and he did, like he re- <laughs> he basically transcribed on the road onto one long, like scroll-like type. I don't know if he finished or not, but it's, every once in a while I'm like, yeah, good, do something weird. Mm-hmm. So uh, Thomas is here to, not to talk about all the shit we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes. Um, I'm trying to peddle my uh, brain pills. They make you super smart. That's <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Limitless? <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I made those. <laughs> it's like that, but with uh, about increasing your sexual potency. To a dangerous level. <laughs> 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 yeah. no, so we're, uh, this episode, we're not going to be talking about anything specific about like politics in Oklahoma City. Um, because nothing's really happened this week that's worth much attention. I mean, apart from seeing the mayor at lunch, like I have not thought much about politics this <laughs> this week. Um, we did have a jail trust meeting. Let me just throw this in yeah. at the beginning. Something that's relevant from this week in the news. We had a jail trust meeting on Monday, and at that meeting, I was excited about it because I thought this is going to be controversial. Uh, they were vote. They were going to discuss ending their contract with legal counsel from the firm of Williams, Box, Foshi, and Bullard, PLLC. I don't think I need to throw that in there, but uh, yeah, John Michael Williams has been counsel for the jail trust since they started, which is good. He knows trusts, mm-hmm. uh, which are complicated things, especially for a big uh, trust like that. A, a, Quasi-governmental <laughs> trust <laughs> like that. Uh, good place to... Anyway, don't worry about it. Uh, light disinfects, and it's dark as shit in there. But uh, So they had this conversation about eliminating that contract, and I thought, oh, boy, what's going on here? It's going down. And then they didn't discuss. Just uh, the CEO said, yeah, we just don't need it anymore. Everything's... The trust is established. And then they voted unanimously to end that contract and to hand, and then they voted unanimously to turn 
legal counsel responsibilities over to the new DA. Uh, Vicki Bahena is oh, our yeah. new DA. Mm -hmm. um, our previous DA, famously evil, <laughs> David Prater. Um, so Prater always has hated not having control over any situation, which I think we can all relate to in some way, but he takes that to a sociopathic level. Um, and uh, and we all have suffered the consequences. Of yes. That. But uh, so no, like they, uh, yeah, they hired, didn't hire. They just left counsel to the DA, uh, and this is not a DA who has impaneled a grand jury against them in the past. <laughs> just a fresh start, yeah, <laughs> much better is, relationship. So that's yeah. what I voted for. So exactly, it's who I voted for too. I mean. One by Not like we had an option. She, she went pretty, yeah, significant. And I was, honestly, I went into that assuming she'd lose. Oh, yeah. I mean, because she was up against an arch villain, Kevin Calvey. Oh. He's one of the worst people. I got some, I got. <laughs> around here. After this, I got something to show you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Off air? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, so that was, honestly, it I mean, it's it was not very consequential, but it's a significant thing to happen. I think that's worth noting. Isn't it um, nice sometimes that it's not just? <laughs> no, yeah, that I don't go to work and come home like I want to. I want to destroy this whole world. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's happened a few times in the past. I know last Tuesday, after they voted down. Yeah. Paying fifteen hundred dollars for two counselors <laughs> to go to a conference um, for two, three days. Anyway, whatever. I I was pretty mad after after that meeting. You know, a lot of times, man. I'll be honest. It's hard for me sometimes to separate. Am I mad because they disrespected my wife, or am I mad because they've uh, obstructed? equity in our world yeah. by dismissing my representative, the person I voted for to represent me on the city council. Would you still be this mad if there wasn't that person? Exactly. Yeah. Like if I did, if I wasn't in love with her, would I be this mad? I don't know because, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm pretty involved in local politics. Yes. And so I wonder, I mean, I was, doing, I, was do, I was in, I was involved in some of this stuff before she ran. Mm -hmm. But even that stuff, we were involved in together. Um, and I mean, our friend Dalton and I have been telling her she's for city council since, oh, since they passed the panhandling ordinance, since then. Uh, was that before your time? Uh, no, I think I got here in 2016. So. Okay, so it's the same year. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That went really well for the city. Yeah, I can't say negatives. Uh, yeah. Remember busking used to be illegal? Just the idea of playing music? Here's why I think it's like... The footloose of major cities. It, totally. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Um, I, uh, that's funny. It's footloose. Well, <laughs> let's move on. Okay, yeah. Speaking of footloose. <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking, speaking of footloose, how about working in Oklahoma City? Now, something I wanted to talk to you about, some we, we have in common, mm -hmm. um, uh, being essentially gig workers, like we do the same work mm. uh, wherever we're doing it, yeah. uh, but we do it mostly freelance, and so there's some 
lack of stability, wouldn't you say? You know, I, I, I think the best part about gig working is the lack of insurance, lack of knowing where your next paycheck comes from. I think it's, the, the, it's incredible yeah, every month not knowing if, if you bills. can make rent. Yeah. Uh, whereas the next month you're like, <laughs> I made twice my rent, so uh, I'm going to eat snacks. Guess and then you're going like, to you Dallas for the weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm flush. It's like being army rich. Yes. <laughs> like, just like I got my signing bonus, <laughs> so I'm going to buy a Dodge Challenger or whatever. Dodge Challenger. <laughs> it's... I've and obviously I've taken jobs that I'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to take this and it'll be so much more stability. And I just get so burnt out mm. because I have, you know, my gig work, but then I also have my main, my, my main passion, which is filmmaking. And so. Right. I, and that's OK. So this is something people who aren't in the gig economy, I don't think they can quite relate to it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, like you and I have this in common. We're both we're both artists. We both want to make meaningful uh, work that mm -hmm. touches lives and maybe uh, influences minds, you know. Uh, but also we, well, and we also want to make we want to make change in our community. Yeah. But also we have to. I mean, I'm not a capitalist. I'm an anti-capitalist. But guess what? Capitalism's the water, and I'm just a fish. I have to. I have to eat. I have to live somewhere. Yeah, I can't choose to not do these things. Right. I mean, I have a family. I have these things. I will take care of. I have dogs. I have. I have a house. I mean, it's like I have to do all these things to survive mm -hmm. because that's the world I was born into. I don't right. get a choice in this. And you know, all I want to do is make movies. I don't care if they're you know Marvel films. But I just want to make art, like you said, and make my big passion documentaries. Not the most profitable business. Yeah, well, you know, I get into documentaries because it's like you get rich. Yeah, that, that, that was the dream. All the rich documentarians. I was like, man, people are going to love this, <laughs> this hour and a half long documentary about, you know, Moss. algae. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good. But, but uh, gig, you know, gig work is it's difficult. It is. And I think that what's so upsetting, you're saying nobody really gets it. Mm -hmm. And. It's like almost everything that people that, I understand, some people love the stability. Some people love going to a job, coming home, weekend okay. warriors, they love it. But they love to consume media and art and things that mm -hmm. all of us gig workers make for them. Mm -hmm. And yet they like to chastise us right. when we're complaining like, hey, we need to, I'm low on rent and if you have some work. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that go, go get a job. Yeah, once you get yeah, I, because I, I just because I drove you home from the bar, you asshole. Yeah. I have five jobs. Yeah, I, do. <laughs> I, I have a job. I'm right. I, you know that movie you just watched. I helped make it. Yeah, no, that's yeah, exactly. But it like was I, a contract. I only had a year or however long. It's I only had six months. I only had two months. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's like uh, with OKC span. I I blocked. Uh, I got retweeted by Carly Atchison once, and I blocked her. You're not going to use my content mm -hmm. for your evil deeds, you monster. Yeah. Um, and so I, I blocked her, and I, I tweeted that I blocked her, and why. And one of her lackeys got my mentions, like, she's been blocked from, let me check, public information. And I was like... Yeah, she can look it up herself. Yeah. It's public information. It doesn't mean that she gets to listen to me telling what it is in real time. She can go fuck herself. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that. With gig work, I do think there's a sense of... I, there's a weird sense of entitlement from the people who pay you as though they're doing you a favor. 
there's a huge that is and I would say one of the one of the strangest things it's always the ones who have the most to give <laughs> it'll be like a company you know I've worked for some larger companies here to do some in, in-house office work some large banks let's just say and they're like okay we need four videos and I need them in three days right <laughs> um, okay uh, do you know how any of Simple. this works <laughs> I have to go through those 30 minutes over and over and over. I say it's an hour of footage. That's an hour of actual time to watch. I have to watch that. So anyways, it's just, and then you give them a number and they're like, oh, that seems really high. Okay, then you do it. If that number's too high, you do it. I, I, I found out from a really interesting videographer. I watched him on, online. He said, every time someone comes to him and says, oh, that's too expensive. He goes, okay. Then give me 50% of your revenue after I make this commercial. And if you're so, un- you, do, you don't believe this advertisement or this video I'm making for you isn't gonna help. Yeah. Then let's, let's put it on the line. Or you can pay me 4,000 right now. I like that. I like that. And I think it's a great way to look at it. That's good. No, and I do, man, I, I love, this is extremely my shit, like sharing ways to subvert the capitalists mm-hmm. uh like i recently learned a really great trick uh when they ask you about the gap in your cv or your resume say your company's made you sign an nda <laughs> that's it done six months gap in my resume what are you gonna say that's a lie yeah what, gonna I, ask me what company every answer i signed an nda i'm signed an nda <laughs> period Anyway, lie to bosses, yeah. <laughs> lie to interviewers, <laughs> unless it's something where you <laughs> going to fly a plane, you know, fly a plane. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a job I give a the shit surgeon. about. Something. A surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm an at-home surgeon trying to go legit. Right. <laughs> I love the idea. I'm just really trying to make, make the, the next step to the professional world of surgery. I'm looking for a sponsorship. And, uh, anyway, that's great. i to make it. I could take the step up. Okay, Thomas, that was good. Um, people are going to be really annoyed by me congratulating you on that joke, and I don't care. It was really, it tickled me. As a person who used to do comedy more, <laughs> I do appreciate it. That was the best part on stage. You make a joke and someone goes, that's funny. Yeah, like, yeah. I did it. I, yeah, I don't know why, but that is... I laughed during a show. Like, I went to see Alex Sanchez at a kind of variety show. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't heard him do stand-up before. Um, and, by the way, if anybody was curious, he's very good at he's it. He's very good. He's very, very funny. I am very critical of local comedians. He is not one of them. No, he's incredible. He's great. And he's a great person. Such a friendly guy. Who doesn't love him? He's the most... He's nice Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Um, we could all look like we're cousins. Like we could, if, if we were in a... We'd all look loosely related. That's right. That's true. We're all a bunch of like vaguely ethnic yeah. dudes. Uh, yeah, sorry. He is serious, Sanchez. Yes, his, he is serious, Sanchez. It's Nick, who is nice. <laughs> God, not, that's funny, too. They're funny. But yeah, during Alex's uh, like 10, 15 minutes that he was doing, I mean, he's really, really funny. And, you know, it's probably five tall boys in mm-hmm. at that point. So I'm, you know, laughing like a I'm laughing at some jokes, but I kept going, <laughs> pretty good, you know, just to myself. <laughs> and he started laughing about it on stage, like, I don't know why I like that. But it's just like he tells a good joke, and I go, 
pretty good. <laughs> I, I don't know how to laugh, uh, I but I want you to know I'm enjoying this. <laughs> that was a good joke, I'm just saying. I would love that so much more if that happened at a comedy show. Like, you know, As opposed to, Dave you Mattel. suck, <laughs> get off the stage. Where are the racist rape jokes? Oh, I mean, that's the, they call that the Oklahoma standard. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's shocking. Maybe it's not shocking. I don't know. Um, if you're in the comedy scene, go ahead and call in. We're going to go to the phones right now to find out who is, no, I'm just kidding. We don't have, <laughs> not live. Um, that, that's a, yeah, that was a Lindley joke. Uh, she made that joke last time. Let's go to the phones. Um, it's a classic podcast. It's a classic yeah. podcast joke. Um, I'm not afraid to use tired bits. I steal most of my stuff from Connie Bang Bang anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Scott Ackerman. So, uh, yeah, so I think that one of the things, I, you know, I said this about entitlement, and like you mm -hmm. said about like, well, you know, like give me half your profits after it or go ahead and pay me the 4000 right now. Yeah. There are... I don't know. Is it, you said the people with the most to give are frequently the, the stingiest, which, you know, you don't get rich by giving away a bunch of money, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I think, like, some of the, and this isn't, this isn't criticism, it's just I'm, something that's noticeable, that's remarkable, is that, you know, I see the people who pledge on my Patreon that mm -hmm. that's how I get paid. Uh, for OKC span, which is what I get paid for mainly, you know, that's my main income. Uh, and I, you know, I see who pledges. A lot of them are people I don't know. And I appreciate everybody. I mean, there's at least two people that we don't like each other, but they appreciate what I do and they think I should be paid for it because it's a job and I really, man, mm -hmm. thanks. Appreciate yeah. that. Like we, you know, this is, this is how society works right now, so let's get in. But yeah, I have seen that some of the wealthiest people who follow me are like $3 a month pledges, and then like somebody who doesn't have shit is like five, seven, you know? Um, and I think a lot of people like, I hate, I mean, I hate trying to promote something. Like I'm bad <sighs> at capitalism. Uh, like so, Typically, I'll cover a meeting, and I won't say anything about paying me until the very last tweet when nobody's reading anyway, and it just says, if you'd like to help, here's Patreon. You know, like, I don't make it a requirement, you know, to pay me to follow, um, but I would hope that, that that relationship has mutual respect. I'm doing work here, yeah. <clears throat> and I'm doing something that you either can't or don't want to do and that's sitting through these terrible boring uh, hours. discussions to find out what's actually going to impact our lives I think that's valuable no, clearly is. other people do I wish every <laughs> I wish every follower on my on my Twitter account would pledge 25 cents a month and then I'd be like actually able to not worry about paying rent um, that hasn't happened yet. But, I mean, you uh, know, I don't want to demand money from anybody, and I don't want to cut. You can't afford, like, uh, you know, like my live event. That's for patrons, but like my friends that don't make enough money to, I'm not going to tell anybody they can't come because they don't pay me. That's just not who I am. 
but it is a little little carrot. There's no stick, but it's a little carrot. I honestly, people. like right now, I didn't I didn't know that you had a Patreon. Oh really? I thought that <laughs> I'm not good at this. I thought that you were I I don't really understand. Like sometimes I get confused on who, who None who. of us know how anybody else gets paid, and that's probably fine. <laughs> I was just I always assumed <laughs> that it was some I don't know. I, I, I always assumed maybe you did like other gig work. Well, I do, like uh, I, like but that's mostly copywriting writing. and stuff. So, yeah, like I don't do any copywriting. Thank God, because <laughs> I really don't want to get suicidal again for the rest of my life. But uh, yeah, I like I do write freelance, mm-hmm. uh, but that's the least consistent. And honestly, yeah. since I since I went into the hospital, I haven't written a single article, uh, and so that means the last couple of months have been very thin indeed yeah, I understand. <laughs> which is great timing also <laughs> like i just got out of the hospital let me make a lot less money <laughs> that's kind of the american way oh it is yeah if you're not being bankrupted by a small malady i just don't think you're really a patriot <laughs> i mean i saw someone say like the, the the best like the best way to get radicalized is the diagnosis uh-huh and it's just it's, it's, it's true it's true my dad went from a staunch conservative to we need healthcare for everyone with cancer. I mean, it's immediate. I, I do think that is a nonpartisan issue that has been made a political yeah. ploy, and that's unfortunate. Very much so. The same thing with COVID. That should never have been a public health yeah, issue. That safe. shouldn't have been a political issue. And I'm not a both sideser. No. But I will compare the Democrats and the Republicans. They both fucked that up. Mm-hmm. Nobody came in with a good message, and, uh, and it became a, an opinion issue. Insane. Um, so when you're doing, I mean, you know, we both do gig work, but what you do is, it's not completely separate from the kind of stuff I do, but it's significantly different, especially since, like, you know, like, I don't do any freelance writing that is apolitical, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. mean, I'm writing, about a, I'm writing about a social movement or politics or nonprofits, right? Yeah. So, like, even though I'm not picking a side on those, I'm definitely, like, I'm... So, like, you do a lot of work that has nothing to do with politics. Literally but, nothing, yeah. Yeah, but then you, you do, like, creative work... Uh, separate from gig work or from that gig work. Just like my personal opinion. Like that's what, my personal work, yeah, that that definitely does have a lot more of my political ideology inside of that. Like I recently saw uh, a sketch that you had had made with some people uh, (laughs) disparaging the undisparageable state superintendent of education in Oklahoma, Ryan Walters. We made that sketch last year. Oh, jeez. But situations happen. Things We're still working on it. We were going to release it. We're, we're hoping this week. Uh, but when we, were, when we made this sketch, because you know, this man is truly one of the most, not hilariously, horrendously bad at his job man I've ever seen in human history. Yeah, incomprehensibly but terrible. We made this sketch, and there were so many times we thought, oh, are we going too far? And he literally did things months later that actually, like, like he yeah. did what we wrote. It, it honestly, when I watched the sketch the other day, it kind of impacted it. I was like, I was like, yeah, he literally said that thing. And not just that, we wrote, we filmed it in a library. Yeah. And he just got in trouble in a library. <laughs> We were like, there's no way this is happening. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, what, The Onion, how that you'll be like, well, they 
they stop being satire at some point. Yeah. Like the news moves faster than they are, and the news is just absurd. It's uh, a, so their job's really cut out for them like that. But yeah, uh, things change. But uh, kind of what I'm, I guess, I guess what I'm wondering is like what what moves you to do that kind of work, and how difficult is it to fit in something? Okay, something that I want to get basically get across for people who don't do gig work is that what we do is what we have to so we can then do what we want to. I would say take Ethan Hawke in an action movie or a horror movie. He doesn't hate doing those and he's good at them, but what he does that for, and he said is he does, you know, he'll do uh, an insidious so that he has the money to do a, Good Lord Bird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I get to make these, I get to make uh, First Reformed. Yes. Something deeply personal and that I love, you know. And I couldn't afford to to make that movie if I didn't make whatever. And also, I mean, Ethan Hawke, maybe not the best example since the stuff he makes that's not high art is still really good. I would say, like, uh, I think of uh, Edward Norton just said this recently for Wes Anderson's Asteroid City, mm. which movie's incredible but he said he only got paid I think god I mean I know when you say these like oh these actors but they got paid like 5,000 like you know his role and this is Edward Norton I mean the dude was incredible Hulk I mean he's huge Mm -hmm. one of the biggest actors of all time Mm -hmm. and he was like I took that pay and I do these other movies I don't like to do or maybe just don't care right because this is important to him Mm -hmm. this is the work that lets him be you know Mm -hmm. he now gets to play a 1950s Wisconsin man who writes playwrights and is having a you know relationship with another man you know all these incredible roles that he was right. but and so i know what you're saying i mean i've done work for people that i don't agree with at all yeah and as long as it's not actively hurting anyone i mean if it's just like a you know i've done things for like the mlb i know you're a big baseball person I love baseball i have literally i mean I, I don't hate it i just have nothing into it right and no, no dog in the fight. Just sports in general, to be honest, except <laughs> professional enough. wrestling, because I am a I child of the it. '90s. Yeah, I love some wrestling. <laughs> but who's your favorite wrestler? I mean, of all time. Yeah. Uh, man, probably Eddie Guerrero. Rest in peace. Loved that man. Man, top. Uh, obviously, Andre the Giant's one of my favorite people in history, but uh, Rey Mysterio. Always oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still. I still love Rey Mysterio. Yeah. It's the only reason I watch WWE. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, do, yeah, this MLB contract you did this work. I did for like a year with the Dodgers, you know, downtown, and it was like, eh, it didn't really mean anything to me, but it paid mm-hmm. my bills, and I was able to do these things, and it let me do more creative projects, mm-hmm. doing short films and working on this documentary I've been doing for now two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really why I take a lot of these jobs, so I can pay my bills, take care of my family, and do this one thing that I hope eventually will start paying for itself and can right. be funded, but... Until then, if you make documentaries, anybody knows this, it's a lot of, as you know, it's a lot yeah, it's of work a lot that of work. you're not getting any anything for. And you're lucky at the end if you can sell it to distribution to get, <laughs> like to make back some of the money you spent on it. But it's, I look forward to seeing that. We've been talking about that for a couple of years, about that specific yeah. documentary, and that sounds really great. Yeah, it's, um, it's finally getting to a point that I, you know, we're getting able to start talking about it. It was... You know, we were talking about politic, you know, politics and stuff. The one that I was doing recently, 
uh, it, it's, a, it's a story in Tulsa. I can't okay, go yeah. too much into it, um, but it, it, it's just say it's about mental health, mm-hmm. um, familial side. I guess mm-hmm. right, Fam- familial side. I can't yeah, pronounce I it, but it's about you know the parent being and bipolar disorder, hallucinations, things like this, and a father fighting for his son, mm-hmm. prison reform. It's all these different ideas, and I mean, this is all you know. It's all real story that happened, mm-hmm. and I mean it's one story with a broad impact uh, of like on your thinking about. A system, and the more the the more we delved in. I mean, the the, the DA that tried to prosecute him, mm-hmm. he was stabbed by his daughter. I mean, during mental health crisis, mm-hmm. and it's just been this passion project. Because I mean, this person that that I'm interviewing, it was actually a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. So I want him, I want him to be respected. He's an amazing artist too. That's oh, the yeah, most yeah. incredible part. And so we've just been working and working and working. And talk about politics. When we first started this, there were some people that were not happy. <laughs> Yeah. There were people that were hearing things, yeah, and they were saying like, "Well, hold on now, uh, maybe don't talk about this." Yeah, yeah. We had people literally say like, "Hey, we don't want him to get in trouble." Right. Yeah. What does that mean? I mean, what if? Right. I mean, right. I mean, you've already stolen his freedom. What are you gonna do to him now? Because, you know, there's a possibility of release due to him being now in a mental health facility. Mm. No incidences in his whole entire time. Doctor recommending going home. Family can take him. Everyone's recommending it, but we had to pull back a little bit mm-hmm. because people started hearing a little bit more and going, "Hey, yeah. we don't want him to stay in longer than he's supposed to." No, it's exactly. Like I mean, it's I, mean that's, I think about that a lot. Like, who am I going to advocate for individually? Like, I mean, there are a number of people that I know who are in county right now, and. I might talk to their attorneys here and there. They can't tell me much, but like I'm not, I'm not the guy to go be like, yeah, this person. You know, I mean, I'll do some of that, but also I don't want to harm that person. That's you know, the biggest like fear. If I'm if I'm fighting this just fight, but this person who, like, I end up sacrificing this mm-hmm. other person. That's not that's not okay. Obviously. Um, and that was like a lot of what we were having to do was mm. tell people this was not a because let's be honest no one's gonna watch a documentary and just you might catch one or two people to change their opinions mm. but most of you want to be entertained uh, and confirmation bias yeah. as it were so yeah. what we're more trying to do with this is just just maybe just make people aware mm-hmm. that mental health is it's much more powerful than you realize and we want to really just not celebrate my friend it's just show that he's a human being Mm -hmm. beyond this label that was thrown on him yeah this is not a true crime i want to say that right now in public this is not a true i don't like true crime to be honest i think it's it's exploitative and i think it's gross netflix will have to pay for their crimes eventually eventually but but for now we'll be paying for it so we can share passwords (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know i think that's the main thing that i want to when we're talking about, you know, politics, gay economy, and all this stuff, it's mm-hmm. just, it's crazy how just trying to, <laughs> just trying to survive, mm-hmm. you know, you have to take jobs you don't want, just do a project you want, but then be fought by people in power to mm-hmm. not do the thing you want to do, and you're just constantly fighting back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, it's what you do every I, day. It's what I do every day, and that's, <laughs> that's okay. I, like, I mean, I'm not going to lie about it. I... Uh, I can be antagonistic. <laughs> uh, I'm an instigator. I'm fine with that. I don't care what somebody's opinion about that. We need to be instigated. You know what I'm saying? It's like what I, 
I've said before about homelessness, if you're bothered seeing it because it's gross, that's fucked up. But if you hate seeing it because people should not be in that condition, that's good. You should feel that way, right? Um, it's the same vibe that, like, you know... It's interesting to me. It can... I mean, like, also, the flip side of that is, like, well, I mean, I like it. I like what uh, former... Uh, milk toast representative of the 88th House District in Oklahoma, uh, Jason Dunnington, uh, got my mentions a couple of days ago, and I told him again, like I did last time, go fuck himself, because that's how I feel about Jason Dunnington. Well, I can say Jason Dunnington on this podcast, I can say Jason Dunnington can go fuck himself. I don't think there's an ounce of sincerity in that man's body. Fuck him. Yeah. But, I mean, that's but, a such thing as like, my, I can do that. Our job, <laughs> I have like the it's, freedom. It's like our jobs are so. It, it's very similar in terms mm-hmm. of like kind of like, I would say collecting, the, the world like we're collecting like the story. Mm-hmm. But with the documentary, I have to stay neutral as much as I can. Yeah. And that's like really hard, especially when I do believe in prison reform and mental health, all yeah. these things. Yeah. Well, and where you just said you to be. In, I sometimes yeah I would love to just put like, fucking well, shake people. Hey. Yeah, this guy's an asshole. Okay, so so on Twitter, on OKC Span, I do take you know like I I say so up front mm-hmm. in the in like there's editorializing here, and I'm gonna say here's what happened, and then I'm gonna say maybe here's some background you want to know, or here's how this person is being vile mm-hmm. right now because uh, I think that's important. No, yeah. Uh, I think that's an important part of my job there. Now, when I write an article about the news for free press, that is a different thing. Mm-hmm. I am not, I, I can't and I won't uh, ethically put in there, uh, you know, David Greenwell, since he's not on council anymore, David Greenwell, that piece of shit, You're, did that, you know. Like, it. It's just what happened. Same with like the flip side is that I can't celebrate Joe Beth's efforts at city council. It's disingenuous. And in fact... That number one council person. Just <laughs> right. Yeah, the best city councilor ever seen in Oakland. You know, like, what a, well, and in fact, because of that, it's been one thing for me to cover city council for the last several years while she's sitting on it because I'm very upfront about it. I've got that disclaimer on any articles my Twitter profile, like the cover photo is, I love my city councilor, so whatever. I, if somebody doesn't know, that's not my fault anymore. But uh, so, I mean, I can do things that, what, Joe Beth, Nikki, James, Mayor Holt, Craig Freeman, the city manager, I can do things they can't. Yeah. Like, I can confront. Uh, unkindly confront any member of any political body in Oklahoma because I can and because I will if I want and I'm not you know I'm not out looking for a fight you know I'm not that kind of I'm not a rabble rouser it's got to have a point to it I'm not going to just jump in and like CVS is better than Walgreens you know I don't (laughs) that's not important right but like I know that there are people who don't like some of the stuff I have to say and they stay following me anyway and I appreciate that because we're not going to agree but this is my platform. You don't want you don't want to hear what's on it. Uh, we all have 
agency in this issue. You don't have to go to Twitter and look, you know. You can block me real quick. And I don't, I mean, I don't block people unless they are, uh, if they're a dick to me. Yeah. Like, you don't get to come into my mansions and talk shit. You block. I don't, I don't need you. Um, if uh, you're somebody, I don't like this, I don't feel proud of this, but I find it necessary and I find it fair. But if you are somebody with money that I know makes good money and you delete your pledge, I'm blocking you. You have the money to pay for this content that a lot of other people following don't. So if you won't subsidize this content, you don't get access to it. Yeah. The end. And I don't feel that guilty about it. It just feels kind of greasy. I hear you uh, You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because I'm not a good capitalist. Uh, but yeah, you know, um, Joe Beth says nothing and gets a death threat, right? So when really, I... Pay bike lanes and like go die. Like it's that quick. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and during the George Floyd uprisings, uh, we both got a lot of threats. Uh, and a lot of people, by the way, like reached out in support too, and oh. including like. I got one for defending her on Facebook. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah exactly. It was that quick. Yeah, it's that fast. And like I will say, like my friend Jude uh, immediately, and Jude and I were not that close. We knew each other, we weren't that close, but Jude immediately texted me and said, if y'all need to come stay with us to just not be where people would look for you, come, you know, there yeah. were a lot of people who did that. Like we went to Shawnee for a weekend just to. Get away. But yeah, you know, I still keep my head on a swivel when we're out somewhere. And I might get it. That shouldn't come with uh, trying to help people. And no, it, this campaign. For civil service, it's ridiculous. I mean, that's. Yeah, I mean, it's all. I'm not going to indulge myself in talking about this past campaign because it's not poor, important. It's funny, you know what? We're coming up on running out of time here, and we mm -hmm. didn't talk about several of the things I wanted <laughs> to talk about. I think this has been a good conversation. Talking about the gig economy is pretty important. Yeah. A lot of us, well, all of us are affected by the gig economy whether we're working it or not right so um yeah I, I appreciate you being here to talk about that and don't worry listener don't worry thomas will be back uh and i will probably continue to call him two different first names because it's a habit <laughs> i have um it's just a new thing, you know. Right. One more professional sounding name. Yeah, that's right. It sounds um, strong, you know. Well, I prefer to be called Charles Entertainment Cheesingworth the <laughs> Third. Uh, I do wish that his last name was Cheesingworth. Do you know that Chuck E. Cheese's middle name oh, yeah, is Entertainment? Yeah. Okay, just making yeah. sure. I have a propensity to call places by what their nickname would mean, like <laughs> New Jersey Michaels down oh, yeah. the street. That's a good example. Um, anyway, really appreciate you coming on. And listeners, uh, Thomas will be back frequently. Uh, yeah, if I'm allowed, yeah. If all things, uh, you know, uh, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. I don't get hit by the number 22 Clark bus from Chicago. <laughs> I always think that's how I'm going to die. Why is it in Oklahoma City? I don't know. That'll add to it's the story, you. though. Like, I'm in Shawnee, Oklahoma, down on Main Street, and a 22 bus that took a wrong turn hits me and flattens me. That's good. That's your, I want uh, that. what's that car, the evil car? Stephen oh, King? like Christine? That's yours. Yeah, that's it's a bus. bus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want that or uh, hugging a bear. Those are the ways I want to die. I'm One of wanting those. drunk on a beach. Okay. Like a, like a famous, like, like 
I, yeah. had, I want to be a writer, and I wanted to be dead on a beach. And in your tidy whiteies, head yeah. toward the water. Or like tan pants, no shirt, kind of a gut, white. Yeah, love it. You know, yeah, white, white, uh, white uh, un, yeah. unbuttoned. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> a, uh, a tattoo on your belly that says, hug life. <laughs> it's that or I want to, I want to die in the future when robots are here. Uh, yeah. And I don't trust them. Like, I'm a detective. My kid died from robot incident. And I don't trust robots. And then I learned to appreciate robots as sentient creatures. And I died protecting my new robot friend. Okay, let's talk more about this. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, we're out of time yeah. today for OKC Span Podcast Edition. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Um, you can uh, visit okc.gov. Uh, I don't have a website, so I'm just <laughs> you can visit whatever website you feel like. Uh, Oklahoma City has one. Uh, and uh, we'll be back, I'll be back with somebody, whether it's Thomas or not, in about a week's time. We'll see you then. I love you so much. I love you. You want to say bye? Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye, everybody. This has been the OKC Span Podcast. Produced by Mostly Harmless Media. Theme music by the incredible Nate Ward. <laughs>